0: hey man we back with the straight out the damn podcast i'm your host last name good um so last week good episode great feedback i appreciate you guys for tuning in um Some people said I was getting sentimental, man. I I don't know. I was just really being honest with you guys. But, hey, anyway, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. Uh, This week's podcast is brought to you by Lander, based in Montreal, Canada. Lander is the world's first intelligent drag-and-drop instant mastering service by Mixed Genius. So uh, just for being to listen to today's podcast, you're going to get a free trial. Go to lander.com. That's l a n d r.com slash promo slash s o d d to get your free trial. You're going to get two free uncompressed waves of your master. Uh, so this week, um, much like I, I told you guys last week, if you for those that did listen, um, I wanted you to send us questions, right? So I, I put that opportunity out there and that number, if you wanted to text us or, or, or call us, um, it's 404 900 two six seven eight. Is that right? Am I forgetting my own number? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. X that whole thing out and I'm not gonna go back in and um try to fix this. No. I had the number right. Yeah. Uh, so I just had to make sure of myself, but there you go. That's the number. Um, you can text me, you can call me, leave a message. Uh, I do reply back for those that think that I don't reply. Uh, I do, but we, we did have a couple of people hit us up and I wanted to just take the time to address them. So, um, this will, and it was a pretty dope Question that was posed, and I really wanted to just make this entire podcast about it. So, number one, shout out to Sandlot Music Group on IG, uh, Sandlot S A N D L O T Music Group. Uh, so they they shot me a DM that said, "When trying to gain exposure, what should you pay for, i.e. shows, radio, features, playlists, blogs, and what shouldn't you pay for?" Now on the surface you know that's a very broad question and there is so many uh layers to to that and specifically with this business of of music there there are a lot of do's and don'ts that are, that unfortunately you don't really learn by um you only learn by experience and most of the time that experience means that you're getting screwed over and it, you know it's just it's unfair uh, but hopefully after listening to this week's episode, we can kind of shed a little light on some of the things that you should be doing and some of the things that you shouldn't be doing. And before I do anything, I do want to make sure that I, I put this out here, that these are just my views, right? These are the views and, and things that I have experienced and the people around me has experienced. And so I always give advice on based off of my own experiences. And so it's up to you. You take the advice how you want to. Um, You can use it for for your own direction or you can choose to say like, "Eh, I want to do my own thing. Completely up to you. But what I will say is before we can really go into what you should spend money on and um, what you shouldn't, I I really want to take the time to look at exposure, right? Like what does exposure really look like? Or, or, you know, what does real exposure look like? And, you know, I think a lot of times as artists and creatives and, and just all of us, right, we we see that word exposure and we automatically think like, oh yeah, I want exposure. I want I want everybody to see me, right? And so that's the first thing that we go to as exposure is, is being seen. And on a surface level, that's You know, that that's the basic um, definition exposure, being seen or being heard. Right. That's cool. Uh, But what I really want you to gather from this conversation is not focusing on being seen or being heard, but rather being seen or being heard by the right people. Right now, if you're in the business of music and you're an artist, you're a producer, you're creative, your goal should be to be seen and heard by the right people that can become fans of your music, right? And we're talking about the context of music, become, become fans of you, right? And, and so a lot of times what happens is you have these services, and you know what, I don't even knock the services, because if you can get somebody to pay money to you for whatever you're doing, you know, good job, congrats. Um, now, I don't agree with everything that people are doing but at the end of the day hey if you figure that out it's on you you know have fun with it go go and and do whatever you want to do it's ultimately up to to the consumer to learn that hey this is not working for me right and so you have some people that are willing to pay people thousands of dollars uh because they feel that it's working for them and you know sometimes it may take five years to understand that that really wasn't helpful right but you have to learn that on your own time but i say all that to say like let's look at really look at exposure, right? So if you're an artist right now, and we want to look at very uh, practical numbers, we don't want to go too wild and, and over anyone's head. So let's just say you, you are, you know, an, an, an indie artist, you're just starting out, and you're trying to figure things out, right? So if you're trying to figure things out, the first thing that I would suggest is to not spend any money at all for exposure because you're trying to figure things out, meaning you don't know who your audience is. You probably don't know who you are as an artist. Uh, So just spending money for exposure before you know who you are, it's kind of backwards. And I'll tell you why. Think about it this way. You go out and spend money to get in front of, oh, let's say 200 people. I'm going to give you uh, here, here's $200, put me in front of 200 people uh, so I can perform a song, right? Now, you may think that that's, that's, that's pretty easy. You know, a dollar a person, that seems pretty fair, right? And you get in front of these 200 people and you perform. Well, I'll tell you the real problem with that. When you don't know who your audience is, getting in front of 200 people and performing a record means nothing. You could be performing to the wrong people. Perfect example. If you're Garth Brooks, He's a country singer. It does him absolutely no good to get in front of 200 people at a show on Edgewood, right? And and, and for those that don't know what Edgewood is, that that is just a prominent area in Atlanta for the indie scene, right? So to make it a little more relatable to everybody, Garth Brooks get in front of opening up for a currency show. Right. We know who currency is. So imagine if Garth Brooks was brand new. He's a new artist, country western singer, and he paid somebody two hundred dollars to get in front of two hundred people at a currency show. Right. It makes no sense. Garth Brooks playing a guitar, singing the blues. Opening up for a hip hop artist. It doesn't make sense. Right now, like I said, the number might seem cool, like oh, a dollar a person that 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 seems fair but it's a dollar person in front of the wrong people. And it's not going to help you. It wouldn't help Garth Brooks and it wouldn't even help currency. If currency got in front of 200 country Western people, they're going to look at what is going on. Like, um, this doesn't connect. i w I'm not here to see him. Who is this guy? Right. It doesn't connect unless you have a record that, and we're not, you know, we're just being very real here. You have, you can have a country work record or whatever to connect, but we're talking about these artists as they are right now today. It wouldn't connect. And so that's why I say before you spend anything, any dollar amount at all, find out, number one, who you are as an artist and find out, number two, who are you talking to? Who are you planning to talk to? Who who would most likely benefit from hearing you perform your music? Right. And once you figure those things out, then we can start talking about gaining real exposure. So there's a term uh, that you've if, you, if you've been listening for a couple of years, you've heard me talk about avatars, uh, and I picked this term up from, and I, and I always forget who it was, but um, I picked this up. Maybe it was um, John Lee Dumas or, or somebody like that on fire, entrepreneur on fire. Um, but it's, it's talk an avatar is it's essentially the person who you're talking to, right? Your ideal customer, your ideal listener. And you want to describe this person down to a T. And what I mean by that is, no, I mean, having a, a age range, that's cool. All right, cool. You know, yeah, they're, they're 24 to 35. Now, that's cool and all, but that really doesn't narrow it down to who exactly are you talking to. So, you know, go go a little bit deeper. Peel those layers back. So instead of saying 25 to 34 or 24 to 35, I'm talking to somebody that is 28 years old. Right. And that may seem kind of wild. Like, man, how can I only talk to somebody 28? That's that seems unfair to me. But here's the the, the benefit of narrowing down uh, your target audience. Right. Your avatar. So, you know, a 28 year old man that attended college that has a passion for sports and politics. Right. I'm just giving you random things here to, to, to give you an avatar so 28 years old graduated from college has a passion for sports and politics right lives in the southeast more specifically lives in atlanta we'll go there with it right and absolutely loves family absolutely loves music and absolutely loves clothes we're, I'm giving you things right now. Right. You got to figure out your avatar on your own. But I'm I'm giving you these examples just to understand how detailed you want to get at who your ideal person is. Who is your avatar? Who's your ideal customer, ideal listener? You want to go as deep as possible, because now when you have that information, now you can start looking at what real exposure looks like. Right. So think about this. If I go into a situation knowing that, hey, my target audience is a 28 year old, 28 year old men who uh, love sports and politics. Well, guess where I'm not going? I'm not going to a high school. Want to know why? Because that doesn't fit my audience. Right. And I know what some of you may be thinking, like, what's wrong with having, you know, 28 year olds and, and high school students? absolutely nothing wrong with that but what I'm talking about is very something very specific I'm talking about you starting off brand new and so the more focused you can be at starting off brand new the better off you'll be later on there's nothing wrong with growing to a high school audience there's nothing wrong with growing to a college audience but what we're looking at right now is very detailed the person that you want to talk to right and so I go back to say this, if you're looking for somebody that's 28 college student, loves sports and politics, you're not going to a high school. You're not going to a senior citizen home and you're not going to go somewhere where sports are, or no nowhere involved in the equation, right? You're not going to go places and perform in places that don't have that same feeling. So where do you, you know, for this example, where do you find a 28 year old college graduate that loves sports and politics. Well, the first thing I would think of if you're, if, if me, me personally, if I'm thinking about this, who this sounds like, it sounds like a fan of, of college sports, right? Um, Just take UGA, for example. It seems like that may be somebody that graduated from UGA. Uh, Of course, they love the Bulldogs, right? They're showing up to the games every Saturday. They have a passion for politics in in the sense of they keep up to speed with what's going on. They know who the new mayor is. Shout out to Keisha Lamps Bottoms here in Atlanta. Um, They know who ran in that race, her and Mary Norwood. They they understand all of those uh, different details. They understand it. They may not have, like everything down to a T, but they know what's going on. They know when the elections are happening. They know who are in office. They know who are, who's running for office. They know all of these small details, right? So that, to me, that sounds like a college graduate, maybe, you know, UGA, maybe Georgia Tech, um, wherever you're from that college. So I I would start somewhere around there. So find out where those people frequent, where do they frequent? They might go to bars, you know, they may, they may, um, so you're looking at uh, you see how deep and detailed we're going. So now we're looking at sports bars. Right. So if, if if you're doing a show and your first show is at a sports bar in a college town, well, man, we just narrowed it down right now. We're, we're looking at a place where, hey, we, we definitely going to have some 28 year olds in there drinking beer and watching the games. Right. Um They might may or may not have some political commentary going on but we know they love sports they're watching espn and cnn they're going back and forth they're going back and forth it's just that simple that's what you want to do so when you have these facts and and, and these details it makes everything so much easier on you later on so sandlot music group shout out to you for 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 bringing this subject up so that's where we're going to start right so we start there and we have that information we know what number one who we are as an artist right or creative we know exactly the things that we want to do and what we want to talk about and now we know who we want to talk to so in basic very basic terms uh, we have a market and now it's all about how do we supply that market right and so we can get into making great music and all of that I'm going to leave that out because that to me that's something that should be understood you should understand that you have to make quality content to give to anybody Right. There's no time for bad content. You got to make quality content, no matter what form of content it is. It needs to be quality content so you can give to to the, your potential fans. So going back to what Sandlot Music Group said, I'll, I'll read it again. When trying to gain exposure, who should you pay for? I.E. shows. I mean, excuse me. What should you pay for shows, radio, features, playlists, blogs? All right. So right off bat, shows. Personally, these, these are my beliefs. I don't think you should ever pay for a show. I don't think you should ever pay to perform. Ever. Right? Now, there are some exceptions to the rule. Paying to enter into a contest where there's a competition, where there'll be legitimate judges, where there are legitimate prizes, that's an exception to the rule. And I'll tell you why. You're not paying to get on a stage and do your thing. You can do that anywhere. What you're paying for, A, is the value of being in front of that audience and having the opportunity to win and knowing that And and everything is up front. You know that, hey, if I pay X amount of dollars, I'm going to be entered into this competition. And if I win this competition... These are the things that I'm gonna get. XYZ. Right. So now it's a gamble. It's it's more so like, hey, I'm I'm playing the lottery. I believe in myself. I know where I'm at. Boom. This is it. And go. Now, here's one thing about you know, paying for a competition, quote unquote. If I was you, I wouldn't get involved in paying for a competition until you become a seasoned performer. And what I mean by a seasoned performer, that's somebody that has more than 20 shows up under your belt, right? At at 20 shows, 20 shows for me is a sweet spot where you pretty much figured out, you've ironed out enough kinks to be able to, to say that, okay, I know who I am as a performer, right? So you shouldn't be paying for a competition if this is the first time you ever got on stage. You're wasting money. I, it just That's exactly what you're doing. You're wasting money. If this is your second show, you're, you're wasting money. You haven't built a fan base yet, let alone trying to sway judges. So save that money. Save it. Save it. Build up your resume of performances first before you try to move into the competition aspect of, of you know, paying, for, paying to perform at a competition, right? Right now what you need to be doing is going to the open mics. Go to, and and we're talking about early. We're talking about, you you know, you just identified who you are and you identified the people that you want to talk to. So now you're going to target those people directly. So, yeah, open mics are cool. Let me tell you what exactly what an open mic really should be. It's an opportunity for you to get out there and mess up. Point blank, period. (laughs) It's your opportunity to get out there and mess up. Most most people that, that are performers... They don't start out great. You have a very select few of people that just get it automatically. Those people are unicorns and that doesn't happen often. The the, the majority of any performer, whether you're an artist, DJ, whatever, it's going to be kind of rough that first go around, right? So that's what those open mics are for. You go to those open mics, get out there, do your one song, see how it goes, take notes, record it so you can watch it and go from there. Right. Okay. Now we, we want to eventually get away from the open mics and actually, you know, kind of start on doing showcases. And then showcases, we know in Atlanta, they take different turns. I've already told you guys you shouldn't pay to perform, in my opinion. So, if you're doing showcases, that means you have to at some point get yourself out there. Right. You have to get yourself, make yourself known as a performer. And when you're making yourself known as a performer, you're networking. So some of these places where you want to perform, just pull up and go to the event. Right. And don't even worry about performing, like go and check out the event. See if this is somewhere that you actually want to perform at. Right. If there's a couple of showcases going on in the city, it's nothing to just pull up, pay your five, ten dollars, go in and just look and see. Is this an event that I want my name attached to? And if you, you know, show up and you think, oh, okay, I I like this. I, I like the people here. I like that there's a decent crowd. Um, the performers are, are, are pretty, pretty decent. Once you make that decision that, okay, this is something I want to be a part of. All you have to do every show, I can almost guarantee you every show that's promoted properly. There's going to be some information on a flyer, on an event page, go there, click it, reach out right now. If it's, you know, something on social media, follow them. Like like the photo of the the event. Hit them in a DM and say, like, hey, I noticed that you're doing these shows here in the city. I would love to be a part of it. I came out last Friday. I like what you guys are doing. Would love to get the opportunity to perform a song or two. Okay, now this is a quick antidote, because if you're new to this, you may not understand the very importance of saying doing a song or two never in your life perform more than one or two songs early on building a set is so important you just don't understand how many the the countless shows that i've been to where artists are great for those first two songs And then they drown themselves because they want to, like, feel like they can keep performing. Oh, man, I got a 30 minute set. Okay, let's be very realistic about something. Nobody knows you. I'll repeat it. Nobody knows you. So put yourself in that same position. When is the last time that you've been to a concert with somebody that you didn't know and enjoyed a 30 minute set? I mean, you, I mean, I'm talking about no clue who they are. No clue. We're not talking about somebody from a different genre that you just don't know about, but everybody else, like, no. We're talking about you, you don't have a clue, right? So it's, it's, it's like going to, the best way I can describe it is going to, all right, here, here it is. Sometimes when big artists, and not necessarily all the way big artists, art, B or C list artists, when they come to Atlanta, or any other city for that matter, what happens is they're on tour and when they're on tour they're probably on tour with one or two people. So they have a set pretty much secured, right? So it's going to be artist A, artist B, artist C is the headliner. They're probably traveling like that. One or two artists, right? Sometimes three. That's how they're traveling. That's how they're doing the tours. What a lot of promoters in the city will do is like, Hey, these are B and C list artists, meaning that they 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 may not be they're not pulling in people like a Jay Z or a Future or a Drake. You really got to work hard to sell these tickets. So you you have a five thousand seater. Well, let's go smaller than that. You have a place that holds about a thousand people. The B and C list artist that's coming in normally probably draw about five to seven hundred people, which is a great draw. I'm not not dissing the draw, but you still got about three hundred tickets that are just lingering that you got to sell. And most of the time, what, you know, new promoters will do, and some seasoned promoters will get people on shows, right? So th- what they'll do is they'll find, they'll, they'll scout out local talent. And what they'll do is they'll get that local talent, maybe three or four artists and like, hey, okay, we need to sell these 300 tickets. We got three artists. All you guys here is a hundred tickets apiece. I need you to sell these tickets you're going to open up for such and such artists, sell these tickets, and we'll give you a percentage of the tickets you sell. Right. That's that's very typical how most of the time it'll happen. Well, here, here's the good thing for the promoter. If if these three artists, they're already stoked and excited about opening up for said artists. They're already happy about that. So they, they they're enthused. They're they're motivated. They're going to really get out there and they're going to push and sell these tickets. Right. So the good thing for the promoter, excuse me, they're going to get these 300 tickets sold because they're going to go out and tell their friends. They're going to tell their family. Hey, man, buy a ticket. I'm opening up for such and such. Right. That's how it goes. They go and sell these tickets. And even if they don't sell that many, these are tickets that probably wouldn't have been sold in the first place. So now it's just an added bonus. So what happens is you look at this ticket, says showtime, seven o'clock. Doors. Well, doors open up at seven, showtime at eight. What you might not know is that the artist that you came to see, the headliner, it's not going on until about 10. So what happens is doors open up at seven. Show starts at eight. You pull up at 745. You walk in eight o'clock. There's an artist on stage that you don't know who he is or she. And then that artist gets off stage. And then there's another artist that comes on stage and you don't know who he or she is. And then that artist get off stage and then there's another artist that get on stage and at that time you're burned out. Just like, who is this? I came to see such and such and I don't know any of these artists. And then finally, when those artists are done, now you start to get those artists that are touring with the bigger act and you might know a couple of songs. And so you're cool. You're cool. It's like, it's OK. I know that such and such is coming on right about, you know, at this point, I I, I know they obviously not coming on until after nine thirty, And so you already accepted it and, and now you're here. And then they finally touch the stage and now you're happy. You're stoked. This is the artist that you came to see. Everything is good. Right. But the, the reason why I make this example is because those three artists that went on earlier, that's what you look like when you go into a 30 minute set, you look like three artists, performing their heart out and you don't have a clue who they are and so you're not going to pay attention your audience is not going to pay attention to you because they don't know who you are no matter how great that record may be it's just something that goes on in the psyche that if I don't know you you're going to have a hard time getting my attention unless you become a seasoned performer in that period of time and if you're early on you're just not seasoned you're just going through running through your records for the sake of saying oh man I, I got a 30 minute set I'm doing it and you're going to lose your audience. You're going to kill them, They're, they're and, and they're not going to remember you at all. They're going to forget about those first two songs you did that were great. They're only going to remember you for those last four you did that were drowning them out. So keep your sets very short, one to two songs early on. That's all you need. And one or two songs, we're talking about two to four-minute songs. Your first set should be about six to eight minutes if you're lucky, and that's probably pushing it keep it about six minutes and get off stage right okay so now that we we established that with shows you shouldn't pay for shows so saying a lot music group to gain exposure don't pay for shows the only exception to the rule is competitions and the only time you need to pay for those competitions is when you become a seasoned performer and we're looking at twenty or plus shows to be a seasoned quote unquote seasoned performer. Right. And trust me, this is just for the sake of terms. You're really not a seasoned performer until you really get maybe two, three hundred shows up under your belt. Honestly. But twenty at, at twenty shows you're at a sweet spot where you've you've made enough mistakes to know how to perform correctly is what I'm saying. Alright, so radio. All right, radio is a whole nother game I'll keep radio very simple because people think that they have money for radio, and the truth is if you're an indie artist, the chances are you just don't right you, you don't and I'll tell you the reason why radio is a very expensive business it's all about advertisements and the truth of the matter is <clears throat> if you're an indie artist, most indie artists have very minimum budgets and when we're talking about minimum budgets we're talking about under ten ten thousand dollars right so I wouldn't suggest that you're taking ten thousand dollars to radio, um, and I'll tell you what: ten thousand dollars at a radio station will probably get you maybe a couple of spins at a mix show. And mix shows, you know, we're talking about um, if if you're lucky, maybe a, a ten to eleven o'clock spot, but more than likely, you're probably going to be played that twelve to two spot at a mix show during the middle of the week when nobody's at the club. So we're talking about a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Um, it's just how radio is a different game, and it's a different ball game. And, and honestly, to really break in radio, you—I'm just going to—you have to be on a major to really break on the radio. Now, it, it, there's are there are definitely exceptions to that rule. And, you know, you have people that have those relationships, like, you know, Fat Joe, he's independent, but he has relationships and he knows the game. He knows how to get on radio. Right. But if you're an independent artist, just being truthful, it's going to you're going to have a very tough time. So what I would suggest doing, if you have ten thousand dollars that you want to spend to try to get a couple of spins on radio, that's not going to equate to anything. I would go directly to the source. Who plays music at the radio station? for lack of better term djs right so what i would i would take a different different approach mind you we're in an age where radio doesn't matter now you have the internet so you have soundcloud you have you know of course spotify you have all of these different mediums to to listen to music no one cares about the radio like that per se now the radio will make you famous and more people can hear your record and of course you're going to get that exposure i get it but it this stage of the game is just not worth the dollar so if you if you have 10 grand that you you wanted to spend the radio i would strongly suggest using that money in different areas and which is not including the radio you can do advertisements you can go out and buy ads you can you know get very creative you can you know uh do things on facebook and, and ig that are very specific uh to your your avatar your target audience and directly you know push the needle and and point directly to them, you know, there's so many things that you can do with $10,000 besides like give it to radio and hope that, you know, things are going to pick up because what's going to happen is you're going to spend 10,000 and somebody's going to come and tell you like, Oh man, we, you know, just need a little bit more. We can really get this thing going. And then you're going to spend another 10,000 and then it's like, Oh yeah, man, like this is, we we might be able to do something here. And then next thing you know, you're 50,000 in the hole and you're pissed off because your record hasn't really moved. It hasn't pushed the needle anywhere. And you're trying to figure out why. And I spent all this money. Yeah, don't do it. Spend your money somewhere else. Right. So I'll leave that alone with radio. Radio is a very tricky game. And honestly, like I said, it's just not um, from any perspective. It's just not the way to go. You can spend that money in better places um, and see better outcomes. Um, features. All right, so I'm assuming, saying like when you ask about features, you're you're asking about bigger names, right? And we're gonna keep it in the B C market. Uh, because if you're trying to shoot for an A list feature, they're probably out of your price range, right? And and forgive my ignorance, but right now I'm I'm talking to an audience of people that have a very limited budget. So I'm assuming everyone's playing with ten thousand dollars or less. That's you know, I think that's a very safe um benchmark right for our conversation so features <clears throat> you, I'm, I'm assuming you're, you're talking about BC list artists um, and I'll tell you those B and C list artists they charge money for features too um, and those numbers range you know anywhere from free to uh, you know we can go up to ten thousand dollars if we want to being realistic you know you're probably not going to spend that much but I just say that to say that it's gonna cost to get a feature. So here's the thing about features and paying for features. Features only beneficial if, if you have a feature with somebody that's gonna go the whole mile. And what I mean by the whole mile is like, not only are they gonna do the record, they're gonna probably let you come in the studio with them and do the record. We're gonna make sure the record gets mixed properly. We're gonna make sure that there's a video shot for that record. We're gonna make sure that there's a promo cycle with that record where we can include each other. And then if we do a show, we're going to make sure that we can bring said artists out at the show and make everything bigger. Now, the chances of all four or five of those things happening are very slim to none um, when you're just paying for a feature. And here's why I say that if you're just paying outright for a feature, there's a good chance that there's no relationship established anywhere at any given point in time. So just think about it. Yes, money um, is helpful. Money can get you in a lot of places. But if I don't have a relationship with you and I'm at the point now where it's just kind of like, man, I need a check. Let's I'm a professional rapper. <clears throat> Being a professional rapper, I rap. It's nothing for me to take 3 grand from you. Do what I already do right now and leave it alone. And you can't be mad because guess what? You asked for a feature here's the feature i'm gonna clear that feature for you so now you're willing to you know you can put it on your album here you go boom i cleared it. here's the paperwork the feature's been cleared so you give me three thousand dollars i do your verse i do your feature you take it you put it on your album you're probably going to make it your first single because you're, you're excited because you have a single uh or a record with the bsc list artist and, and you're gonna try to make it a big thing And then you're going to get pissed off because you're not getting any support from the artist that you paid three thousand dollars to to get a feature. It's going to be like, oh, man, like, where are you? Where you know, I got this project out. It's because you didn't establish a relationship. Now, uh, don't get me wrong. Three thousand dollars can definitely start a relationship. I can almost guarantee that if you pay an artist three thousand dollars for a verse, then they're going to remember you probably because they they were only you know getting paid a thousand dollars from reverse and you being very green in the process you bid at you know the first number that was thrown out there and you didn't negotiate down which is a whole nother conversation, um, but yeah they're gonna remember you. So like, yeah, you spend the money, there's a good chance a relationship can be established. The thing is, initially, they just there's not a, real, a true relationship. So I would say when it comes to feature, build a relationship first. I would only do features with artists that genuinely like my music and have an idea of who I am. If you don't know me, I don't want to work with you point blank period, I don't care how famous you are, I don't care how great you are, I don't care what kind of buzz you have, if you don't know who I am as an artist, and understand what I am doing as an artist, I don't want to do a feature with you, and that's on any level, that's free to $10,000, I don't want to do a record with you, and the reason why is because it's Is a level of respect, number one, but it's also opening the door for a relationship. If I know who you are, I'm going to be super excited to do the record. I'm going to be super excited to clear the record. I'm going to be super excited to hear what happens after it's mixed. I'm going to be super excited when you tell me like, oh, man, let's shoot a video for this thing. I'm going to be super excited when I say like, hey, man, we have a radio interview. You want to come along with all of these things? I'm going to be super excited about because, number one, I know who you are as an artist and I appreciate you and your work. And guess what? Those artists that you build strong relationships with, you probably don't have to pay for the feature, And you're going to get more done. You're going to get more accomplished and you don't have to pay a dime. And now that relationship can happen with a B-list artist. It can happen with a C-list artist. It can happen with a D-list artist. But if you build that relationship first, I can guarantee that the outcome of whatever record that you guys record together is going to be better. You gotta build that relationship first though. It's it's imperative if you do so. Otherwise you're just kinda like throwing money out there again. Um, and it's not really it's not gonna be beneficial. Um playlists and blog playlists is pretty much the same, same game, and um it's all it, all of this stuff, it really boils down to relationships. Like you can spend money to get on these playlists and uh it may or may not work for you, but ultimately it's it's a relationship. It's it's to the point where You have to know and understand where you're spending your money at. Now, if you have just an abundance of funds, I personally would say, you know, go in a different direction and build a very organic audience. Now, you know, SoundCloud and and Spotify, those playlists are great. And, you know, people are are definitely getting signed and and getting great exposure for getting on these playlists. Uh, But to me, I think the. The best things are done when you're actually on a playlist and the person that put you on a playlist actually enjoys your music and they didn't just put you on a playlist because you paid them. There's no real investment, right? I was having a conversation earlier today. uh, Shout out to the homie Mecca um, at Holly Unique Radio. And um, we were just talking about that whole model and, and understanding that when you pay to perform and I'll kind of go back to shows a little bit when you're when you're paying for those shows you tend to just get everything right you it doesn't matter you're going to get some good performers you're going to get some horrible performers one thing is certain you're going to get a lot of performers right if if I'm charging everybody 50 dollars to get up stage and do one song and there's um what 20 artists and they just get out there and they just do their one song at that point, it doesn't matter how good or great or bad they are. I'm just there for the check, so I'm getting, I'm getting the fifty dollars to just coming, and just coming, just coming, just coming. And these artists are just in the stage, bringing their CD, their thumb drive, or whatever, and performing a horrible song, and it doesn't matter. And what happens is you become discouraged because you get there and you, you pay that $50 and then you get on stage and perform and then you look around and like nobody is paying attention to you. Nobody is enjoying the music. And you ultimately look around and you see, man, I'm performing in front of 50 artists that are in line to go on stage and do the same thing I did. And that's typically what happens at a lot of showcases. Is just, I don't know about everywhere else, but I can tell you in Atlanta, it definitely happens in Atlanta. And it happens more than often. Here in the city, there is a lot of dope events that are going on that people uh, curated some some dope stuff from scratch. Um, but there's other people, you know, just doing that, just like oh, sign up, you know, cash out fifty or cash fifty, boom, perform your song, give your your, your you know your CD or your thumb drive to the DJ, we performed it, dope man, good good job. No no solid feedback or nothing, and then you kind of like move on about your business. And try to figure out, man, what just happened? Well, you, you got you got robbed. <laughs> That's what happened you got robbed, man. Um, blogs, same thing. Now, I will say this: <clears throat> for years, the way that I ran straight out to den.com was very simple. You sent your music via email. I you know, I would check my emails, and if I liked what I heard, we would eventually post it on the site. That's how we operated for years. And somewhere along the lines, our site just grew and grew and grew, which is a good thing. But the downside to when your site grows, so does your submissions. And so we got to a point where we were getting over like, you know, 100 and some submissions a day. And it it was just too much. You know, it was too much. I have a couple of writers on the site, but for the most part, it was just too much for us to look at as a team. And so, uh, you know, did my research and, and I saw a couple of different companies that um, you know, have things going on and I just wanted to make sure I found the you know the right thing that fit and I found out about Submit Hub. Shouts actually shouts to um uh DJ Eternity over at Elite Music. He he put me on Submit Hub. And I'll tell you what Submit is And this is not an advertisement for Submit Hub, but this is just me answering directly saying like music about paying for blogs. Now Every blog is not doing this. I'm just telling you what we do. Right. So what SubmitHub is, it's a service where you submit your music. Right. And when you submit your music, they have a free option and they have a paid option. So uh, when you submit your music. you, You have the opportunity to send your music to whatever blog you would like to. Right. And. There's uh, standard submissions where that's free. Then there's premium submissions. Some sites do standard and premium. Uh, I'll be honest with the majority of the sites are probably going to do premium. right? And But what a premium submission is, you pay a dollar. It's a dollar to submit your song to a blog. And what will happen, that said blog will have 48 hours to listen to your song, either accept it or decline it. And if they decline it, they have to give some type of feedback. Right. And so to me personally, this is the best of both worlds, because I'll tell you. When we got all those submissions, there was no emailing you back, tell you about why we didn't post you. There wasn't an email back saying, like, hey, your song is posted. You would have to follow us and you would see, you know, your Instagram or your excuse me, your Twitter page or or whatnot that was tagged that you're in the post and you saw what we wrote and you know I went back and forth about okay should we charge people to submit and ultimately what it came down to is I had to make it fair for everybody and the only way to make it fair is hey I have to weed out a bunch of junk (laughs) if you want me to be very blunt the one thing that you do when you become a site and you become a platform, you open the floodgates to receive, receive, receive. And with, with opening those floodgates to receive, 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 you ultimately put yourself in a position for people to be entitled. And so there are a lot of people entitled thinking like, man, I submitted to your site. I know my music is dope, even though it's not. And I should be posted on your site, whatever. So what this does, it, it creates that barrier. So if you're serious about your music, it's a dollar. Right. It's a dollar to submit it. And we're talking about spending money in the right places. Right. So what you do is if you want to use this service and you don't have to, but you can go to SubmitHub and, and look around and figure it out for yourself. But I'm just telling you what we do. So for one dollar, you submit a song. And when you think about it, in the grand scheme of things, if you think you have something great, you have 10 sites that you have a wish list of like I like these sites. It's ten dollars. Right now, you, you, you're you asking about spending money. You were going to spend $50 to perform one song in front of a bunch of people that are paying $50 to perform one song. So if you want to take that same $50, right, submit to 50 different blogs. And get your feedback. So either one or two things are going to happen. Well, actually, one or three things can happen. Either your song gets accepted. When it gets accepted, then it'll get posted on the blog within um, you know, a certain amount of time. So you will get your wish list of like, man, I submitted my song to a site. They posted it. They wrote an article on it. Dope. That's good. That's that's the the top of the top. They decline it. And so if they decline it, they have to give feedback. And that feedback uh, uh, immediately tell you, like, hey, this is the reason why. Now, I'll tell you, my feedback is very blunt and straight to the point. I don't try to sugarcoat on my feedback. I just tell you exactly the first thing that comes to mind when I'm listening to your record. It may be something where, like, you know what? I didn't like the cadence on the record. It didn't feel right. The production felt dated. That's some typical feedback that I'll give, right? Or it may be something where it's like, you know what? The rhymes are good, but the hook, the hook is bad. I just I couldn't connect with the hook. The song has to be a complete record if you send me a video, I may be like, you know, the video doesn't look good. The the quality is bad. There are no, no real shots. It looks like, you know, you just put it on a tripod. There was no thought put into the video. So we're not going to post it. And so we, we ultimately, we're going to give you all of those, those that, that feedback. And now you kind of know like, okay, well, that's great. Now I know why I wasn't selected um, to have my music posted. So you don't feel like you're getting, you know, like, I'm just throwing money out there. Like, no, you're, getting, you're either getting accepted and you're getting, or you're getting a reason why you wasn't accepted. And then the third thing that can happen is that blog just not on top of their game. They don't approve or decline your submission. And guess what? You just get your money back. So it's kind of a win-win-win for you, right? And that's just a system that we decided to go to. There are plenty of blogs that don't use that system. You know, that's um, like I said, this is not an advertisement for SubmitHub at all. They didn't cut a check. I'm just telling you what we do. Right. And so there are blogs that you can just go through that regular submission process. And, you know, but I will say this, if you are planning to put your music on blogs, the first thing you should do is go to that blog and look at their contact page or submission page and find out their rules for submitting and follow them to a T. That may mean that you have to send multiple emails. You might can't send a standard email um, to everybody. That's cool. I will tell you this. If you are in that business of sending the same email to everybody, clearly understand the difference between BCC and CC. You should always use BCC. Forget about CCing. If you're submitting, I'll, I'll repeat this again. If you are submitting anything to blogs, use BCC. Easy way to remember it. Blog starts with a B, BCC. Never, you, you don't do it. Now, I'll, I'll give you some quick insight. long time ago. A couple of artists did it, and guess what? You become the laughingstock of blogs. There are long blog email chains that of artists where they offer certain services and blah blah blah. I won't get into the details, but just know that blogs—they're a small community. We all know this business is blogging is not a very lucrative business unless you build. really have to build. So we we are a very small knit community right what what most artists don't understand about blogs is most bloggers do it just out of out of love for for music there's not a lot of money initially you you're posting music really for free and so we as bloggers we we build some camaraderie and it's it's like a little it's it's like a uh, a glorified group chat i'll say that And when things go awry, (laughs) you guarantee that it just floats around the blog world and everybody knows about every um, everybody. And we know about certain artists who do certain things and we know about the people that are lying in emails. We know about the people that are charging services to post on sites. We know about all of these things. It kind of goes around and floats around and we know and we understand and it's frowned upon. I'll just leave it at that. Right. So uh, let's see here. I think that was it. Yeah. All right. And what shouldn't you pay for? I think we covered what you shouldn't pay for and what you should pay for this only thing on this list. So just a quick, quick recap. Shout out to Sandlot Music Group. This was a great question, man. And and we really um, had a lot of insight on it. So in closing, never pay to perform ever. The only exception to the rule. And I'm talking we're talking about festivals. We're talking about showcases, open mics. Don't pay to perform. The only exception is competitions, and only pay to get in those competitions after you had see, like your seasoned performer. You had 20 plus shows up under your belt. Radio, radio is cool to pay for if you have the money, but right now you probably don't have the money. So forget about it. Forget about radio is not really worth your time. Um, I'll put it like this. If you got a hundred and some, a hundred to $200,000, then by all means go to radio. If you don't have that, then guess what? Yeah. Put your money elsewhere. Um, features. I wouldn't pay for, for a feature. I just wouldn't pay for a feature right now in this part of the game. You have to be at a point where artists have a relationship and they genuinely know who you are and care about your well-being and who you are as an artist. Nine times out of ten, if you are an artist and you're looking for that feature for, let's just say an artist like um, a bit crit or currency and I consider these artists and this is no disrespect, but I consider these artists B, B and C list artists. Right. And the reason why is because they are touring, you know, theaters, they're at Tabernacle. Uh, They're at Masquerade. They're not at Phillips arena. Phillips arena is, you know, that's, that's your, your Jay Z's, your, you know, your Kanye West. That's a different ball game when you're talking about filling 18 to 20,000 people showing up at your event, it's a different ball game versus, you know, one, 2,000. It's just a different ball game. And there's nothing wrong with that, but this is what we're talking about. We're talking about very realistic numbers. And so instead of, I wouldn't focus on trying to get those artists or features right now, unless you can afford it, right? And, and if you're in a position where you can ultimately and, and really have the money and the capital to to afford it, and you know that there's a chance that, you know what? This is as far as it's going to go. This just going to look good on my album. Hopefully I can get a great um, verse. But this is probably as far as it's going to go. Then that's cool. Go, go that route. But if you're an indie artist and you have a very minimum budget, I would just hold tight and continue to build who you are as an artist uh, before worrying about getting features. Get features from your peers. You know, people who you think are dope around your, your, your circle. Uh, get features from them, you know, and you guys build together uh playlists and blogs you know I, I told you guys about submit hub um i just i wouldn't pay like you know stupid amount of money to get on blogs it's kind of ridiculous to do that and you know if a blog's telling you like yeah i'll do a feature for x amount of dollars it's it's just not really you need i'll I'll say this if they are asking for that kind of money then you need to know in detail what you're getting in return and what that should be, a it should be analytics, so you know the the traffic. Because um, there's nothing wrong with with uh, buying sponsorship packages, <clears throat> in advertisement. That's what I would look at before a post. So, for example, <clears throat> excuse me, com, We do offer advertising packages, and what that is for you, for if you go to our site right now, you'll see banners, you'll see things on our sidebar. People pay for those spots right and that's just advertising it's no different if you go to walmart.com you're going to see an advertisement on walmart.com excuse me it's the same thing that's really how we make money is through advertising so go that route if you want to spend money on, on on blogs if there's a high traffic area, you you know, you do your due diligence, hit their contact page, find out about advertising. Most of the time, their email address is ads at whatever the domain is. I'll just give you that for free. But inquire about putting an ad on the site. But once you do that, make sure you get the analytics, find out, you know, how many people are visiting the site per week. Um, look at their social media. Social medias, I, I would say that they don't lie, but they do. But you kind of know what social medias are, are lying and which ones are not. You know, if someone has 2000 versus 2 million and the ratios, I don't want to get into that, but you, just use your gut. Just I'll leave it at that. Cause there's that's two layered and that's a whole nother podcast. Just use your gut. You know what the traffic looks like. Like if a site says that they have over oh, 2 million hits and the site looks trash, you got to think about that. Like, like, let's really put things in perspective. If people's site says like, oh, we have, you know, 2 million visitors to the site, our socials are, you know, we have like 50,000 here and 180,000 here and all this stuff, but the site looks bad. I'll tell you why that's false, falsified information. Here it is. If you have that kind of traffic, then I guarantee that you're getting high advertising dollars. And the higher the advertising dollars that you're getting, the more you're going to be incentivized to clean up your site. There's a lot of things with the cleaning up your site for SEO, and that's a whole nother conversation. But there's so many things that come with having a clean and very mobile-friendly site. And if you don't have those things, I can almost guarantee you that those numbers are lies. Right? Now, I could be wrong. But I'm telling you, it's, there's a good chance that they're 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 boosting the numbers drastically, or they're just too cheap to hire a graphic designer or, or don't know how to code their site themselves, right? But you can kind of it's some things you can look at it and kind of see like okay, this doesn't look, you know, use that intuition, use that gut feeling. It doesn't feel right, so you know you, you can kind of go from there. But that's it. I I think you guys got enough. So you know what real exposure looks like. Find out, you know, we'll start from the front. Before you do any, spend any dollar at all, find out who you are as an artist and then find out who you're talking to. Those are the f- first two things that you need to do before you spend a dime, right? And once we get there, we can kind of get, you know, get into all of the other things. But thank you guys for listening. Hopefully you learned something. Um, if you have a question or if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, shoot us a text, 404 900 two eight seven six shoot us a dm everything's straight out the den str the number eight o-u-t-d-a-d-e-n um but yeah oh make sure you subscribe on itunes make sure you rate and review the podcast if you like what you're hearing here you like the information share it tell a friend we don't grow unless you help us grow that is real deal we don't grow unless you help us grow. So the only way we can do that is by you hitting the share button. The share button, I'll tell you this real quick. I like share of a like. Hit the share button before hit before you hit the like button. The like button is cool, it, but it takes minimum effort. It means nothing. You can like something and nobody else will know it. When you hit share, it's on your timeline. Hit share. That means the world to us. All right. So that's it. I appreciate you guys for listening. Um, hopefully, we, we might have a guest next week. I don't know. Oh, baby update. Daughter's doing well. She's upstairs asleep. I'm recording this right now. It's 1258 a.m. Uh, like I told you, we have to record at night now. That's the only way I'm going to get it done. I recording here at the house, but she's asleep right now. Hopefully, she'll stay asleep uh, by the time I get up and get out of here um, and get into bed. But she's good, and and I'm good. And no, literally, I'm good. I'm out. As always, if you guys have a dream, pray on that dream, research that dream, and work until that dream becomes a reality. I'm Last Name Good of the Straight Out to Damn podcast. We out. See you guys next week. The Straight Out to Damn podcast is powered by the Indie Creative Network.